Well, this morning we're going to do things a little bit different, and so I want to encourage you to help me welcome to the stage Matt and Bettina Matos. Matt and Bettina have been a part of our church for a while, and, um, and then God moved them to Italy um, during COVID of all times. Um, while they were here, they, God laid on their heart to start a missions organization called um, World Nations, which is a, a missions organization to reach the unreached people of the world through agriculture and, and sustainable health care. And, um, and they have mission work in, in Indonesia, they have work in Brazil, they have work in the Middle East, and, um, and God has just been using them in a mighty way. And so I thought because they're a part of our church family, it would be good for each of us to be able to hear a little bit more about their story. Because what I've discovered is that the way that God speaks to most of our hearts is through stories, either stories in his word or stories of, of how God has changed people's lives. And so we want to take this opportunity to just hear what God has done and what God is doing in your life. And so I want us to start with what I believe is the most important thing, and, and that is how did you come to faith in Jesus? How did Jesus become your Savior and Lord? Thank you, Pastor Rocky. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. We're so happy to be here, excited to uh, be visiting friends and family here. Um, so, yeah. Um, so, I grew up in Brazil, and uh, about the age of five years old, my parents got divorced. And it was a big betrayal because my father uh, left my mother uh, to get married to he, with his boss. And so, I grew up in this uh, house without the presence of a father. And by the age of 14 years old, I moved in. I wanted to have that experience, what it, what it looks like to have a father. And I moved in with my father and my stepmother and their family. And I discovered that he was not there. So the absent father was also an absent father for my um, uh, half-brother and half-sister. And But during that time, going through teenager years um, and struggling with a lot of different things and questions and and. I, I was, one of the days I was struggling really bad, like in a friend, uh, Casey, she was 13 years old. I was 14, I was uh, first year of high school. She uh, asked me, how are you doing? You are, you are different than your normal. Uh, something is happening, you can share with me. And I knew that Casey always cared. She was that type of person that always cared for anybody, always genuinely, mm. intentionally caring for everybody, anybody. And she was the same person, caring and kind always. And then when she asked me in my time of brokenness, I was willing to share my heart. Amen. And then she asked me, can I pray for you? And I said, yeah. So I grew up not having any religion, just a Catholic background, but not really believing anything, not really following Jesus, not knowing him and not knowing the Father. And then Casey, uh, a believer from a believing family, she prayed with me. And then she invited me to go to church, a Baptist church in South Brazil. And she, uh, her family uh, invested in my life, started picking me up to take to 
uh, church every Sunday, and they start investing. And then at church, I found a, a church family that embraced me, mm. a, a family that I never had before. And then I discovered the father that I was looking for when I came to Christ. Yep. Amen. And you know what? I believe with all my heart, church family, we all, no matter who we are, no matter what our background may be, we're looking for a relationship with the father. Not a father, a physical father. We all need that, by the way. Everyone needs a physical father in their life. But everyone has this void in their life where they're longing for a relationship with the Father. And, um, and praise God, a 13-year-old genuine believer, a young girl who fleshed out her faith, who cared, saw that you were hurting, reached out to you, prayed with you, invited you to church, and I want you to hear something, and her family invested in Matt, invested in Matt. I, I'm, I'm wondering, in your neighborhood, in the community that you live in, who is there that you as a believing family may need to invest in? They're unchurched, they're, they, don't, they don't have the relationship perhaps with the Father that they need, and they need a family that loves Jesus to invest in their life. That changed everything, didn't it? Amen. Christina, what about you? Yeah, so I was also born in Brazil, even though I don't look it at all. Um, but uh, I, my parents are not believers, so I didn't grow up in a, in a Christian home. And we moved to the States when I was six, um, to Georgia. And um, when I was uh, in high school, I had a friend that invited me to FCA. And that was kind of the first time that I heard about Jesus and it was all a little bit hard to understand. So then I went to uh, college and just, you know, lived in the world trying to find something because, like, like you said, I, I knew there was something missing, trying to find purpose or meaning, whatever it was, and just not finding it in anything that I tried. And then a friend of mine and I went to a college ministry because we knew some friends that played in the worship band and we liked the music. So we would go just to hear the music. Um, except every time I went, I just saw this, something I had never seen before, which was this like something that was beyond happiness. It was the first time that I really encountered joy, like genuine joy. And I saw these students who actually were intentional with one another and they, you know, they, they shared their burdens with one another. They prayed together. They lifted each other up and, and they rejoiced together. And it was just refreshing and so different. And I remember I got to a pretty low point um, at the end of the year once and it was in December and I went back home to, my, um, to where my parents were and I just had, I feel like, the Lord gave me these, this vision where he, you know, showed me all the ways I used to cope with loneliness and sadness, and then, the, you know, an image of the, these students, and it was just this, like, back and forth, like, what are you, what could you choose from, and so that New Year's Eve, I decided that I was going to make a New Year's resolution to try church, because it was the only thing I'd never really done, and, um, and so I prayed the way that I, you know, had heard the students do at the ministry, and, and I just said, okay, you know, God, if, if you're really who these students say you are, will you show it to me? I want to know. 
And he did. And three, uh, three months later, I was baptized. Amen. Amen. And, you know, the, the crazy thing is, yeah, let's give God a hand. Whether, whether we, we describe it as trying to fill that father void or whether we're looking for meaning and purpose in life, every single person on the planet is searching. And they're searching for something that can only be found in Jesus. It's not going to be found in the world. And, and I don't know if you heard Bettina say it, but she, she talked about how she tried everything else. And then she decided that she was going to try church. She had, she had given everything else a try, and it hadn't filled the void. And she observed this real, genuine joy and community that these believers had. And you opened up and said, God, if you're real, then show me. And he did. And can I tell you, I believe with all my heart, God wants you to know him more than you want to know him. Did you hear what I said? God wants you to know him more than you want to know him. And so I believe with every ounce of my being, every fiber of my being, that if you genuinely seek after God, if you say, I don't know if there is a God, I don't know if he's real, I don't know if he cares about me, and you open up and start a genuine search for whether Jesus is the answer, you'll discover he is. He will reveal himself to you. The Bible says, when you seek for me and search for me with all your heart, you will find me. So praise God. God's grace never ceases to amaze me. You came from a broken home, um, lacking a father, but a family reached out to you. And the entire eternal trajectory of your life and your family was changed. You came from an unbelieving family, born in Brazil, moved to the Bible Belt, but didn't find Jesus there. You found him in college as you knew there was something missing, that purpose. God's grace, amen. God wants to save each and every one of you as much as he wanted to save Madame Bettina. And then y'all ended up, through God's providence, at the University of Georgia at the same time. Now, I know that's kind of a bad thing, <laughs> bulldogs. We don't like the bulldogs here for the most part, but, but that's where God put them. And then y'all's lives kind of came together. And then God called each of you to this life of missions. So tell me kind of how that, how that happened. Yeah, so from all the cities in the United States that I could come from Brazil, I came to Athens, Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> and so long story short, um, I received this uh, invitation to go to a, a short mission tri uh, trip, and I went to Asia for a month. Um, I was 23 years old. And when I was there, I received a calling, a specific calling to serve the unreached, the most vulnerable and unevangelized people in the world. So it's a big challenge. Then I came back to Brazil, um, told my pastor and my church that I was moving, going through a process of training and moving abroad and, and signing a, a four-year contract to serve with a mission organization. So 
but I didn't speak English. In fact, I'm still learning how to speak English. And uh, friends of our, my friends uh, that live in, in Athens, Georgia, invited me to come to study because they knew a lot of different churches offering English as second language course to reach international people. And they invited me to come. So I came for three months. And during that time, um, I got involved with the international ministry uh, for students. And then they invited me to come to a church where Bettina was a member and got baptized. So as, as every single time that somebody knows a Brazilian, they want to introduce to the Brazilian here. So they said, do you know my Brazilian friend? And I'm like, no. So they brought Bettina, and she was red hair by that back then, and then I'm like, no. And she, spoke, she speaks Portuguese very well, so I was like, wow, your Portuguese is really good. Where did you learn? And she's like, I'm Brazilian. And so then I moved to Indonesia. We became Facebook friends, and then she can tell that second part of the story. <laughs> yeah, so I was in vet school, and um, I had the opportunity to go on a couple of mission trips with a Christian student group. And, um, and I did that up to the Navajo and Apache reservations, and I really enjoyed it. It was great. And um, then after I uh, finished the four years, I was supposed to go, my plans were that I would go do an internship in North Carolina, and that didn't work out. So I ended up staying in Athens, and because of that, I met Matt at the church that day. Um, my sassy self, <laughs> and um, it was hard for me at that time. It was hard for me to find a job, and so I was asking the Lord what He wanted me to do, and and the idea of missions as something that I could do long term kept coming up in my heart. And so I started looking into the possibility of being a vet in Africa, and then Matt started talking to me and trying to recruit me um, <laughs> to the mission field. And he's like, oh, have you ever considered, you know, using your skills uh, as a way to reach people? And I was like, I already do that. Um, and so, um, and, and so there was a lot of these, like, uh, places where it didn't match up. But as we kept talking, and I thought his work was interesting, and He's like, you know, you could really come to Asia. It's really neat over here. It's really great. And so we realized that we had a lot in common, and we both wanted to do missions long term. And um, so we dated over Skype for six months. He came in and met my family, and we realized we did want to, you know, get married. So I went uh, to visit him in Indonesia because I thought, well, if I'm going to marry a missionary, I should see where he's working. And uh, when we went there, we got engaged, and um, the, it was this, enga getting engaged was wonderful, but the next day when we were there, and we were just worshiping with the, the people in the church, and just, it's like God implanted within me his eyes and his heart for his people, and I just was overflowing with a love for, for, for the people in, in Indonesia, Nias. And, I was, and I, we were on our way back to the little, like, local hut we were staying at. And I said, okay, Matt, I can do this. Like, I can move here now. I just need a toilet. That's all I need. <laughs> <laughs> Flushing toilet. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, that's in the rest of history. <laughs> Matt, I hope you heard what she said. Getting engaged was wonderful. But God's calling her life. That's, 
that was the icing on the cake. And that's really how it is. And I love my wife. I love her to the moon and back. But, but loving her and being in a relationship with her is nothing like being in a relationship with God. God's call on your life. I mean, some of you think that if you just find the right man or the right woman, then everything is going to work out in your life. And those things are important. But what you need to really do is make sure you have a relationship with God and then discover what it is that God wants you to do. Because that's where your happiness and your peace and your joy is really going to come from. And so here y'all were called to missions full-time. And we look at people like this who, who we say are on the front lines, and they are, and we, we sometimes put them on a pedestal. But what we fail to understand is we're all called to live our life on mission. And so here you were, you, you were called to missions, y'all ended up here in Lexington, and you started this ministry to to better reach the unreached for Jesus. And then during the midst of COVID, of all things, God puts on your heart this dream, this vision that you really believe was from him to move your family to Italy. And really for a twofold purpose. One, because it was more centrally located to, to impact the world because you did work in Brazil, you did work in the Middle East, you did work in Indonesia, and, and Italy certainly made it more easy to get to a variety of places. But not only that, God had restirred something that had been planted in your heart from years gone by. This, this desire to do medical missions. And so you ended up in medical school, of all things, as an old man. Just kidding. My classmates are 23 years old, so yeah, I old, am old. Middle-aged man, middle-aged man. So tell me a little bit about that, Matt. So, yeah, uh, I have been serving as a full-time missionary since I was 24. I'm, I'm almost 37 now. So over a decade uh, working with missions and sent by a Brazilian church and now sent by Northside as part of our family. And um, since I was nine years old, there's this doctor, a pediatrician in Brazil, Dr. Sevilla. He was my idol because he loved people in a different... So he was that successful doctor that would serve people like my family, poor family. And so... He became the person that I, I just considered. Because of him, I decided since I was nine that I want to be a doctor. Then in Brazil, it's like in Europe. After high school, you go to um, your uh, like uh, medicine, medical school is six-year program. So you go straight from high school. And so I tried after high school uh, a couple of times, failed, didn't, didn't work out. And I, I had just an opportunity or I go to pick anything that I can hold on right now or I have to work to support my family. And so I just went to the next uh, best thing that I, that I could do was animal science, uh, to study science that I loved. And with that, the Lord called me to go to the mission field to serve the farmers. When I was in Indonesia serving all these years and living here in Lexington with World Nations establishing, um, the local pastors that we have there, a team, seminaries, uh, school, 139 students, beautiful, 
work of God happening there, reaching the unreached people group, they called me once and say, we, um, we want to take you to visit this family. We really want you to visit this family and pray for this family. And I said, it's, it's your job. You're a local pastor. I'm here to serve you, so you go. And no, but they want you to come. And so, okay, we go 45 minutes into the jungle uh, in Ia's Island, very far away, and like broken roads, and arrive there, there's no electricity, using flashlights from our phone, evening already. And they, we arrive at this family, very poor village, but below the line of poverty, uh, living below of $2 a day, for sure. And so people really struggling, and they come, they wanted me to come and pray, and they bring their babe daughter, four-month-old, uh, baby Liznet, and to pray for her, and she had hydrocephalus, and her head was, uh, there's this disease that caused the skull to grow, and my heart just broke, because I, need, I know that these people already struggle in life, and I know that in Indonesia, there's a prejudice against disabled people, and so I was like, Lord, I don't know why you brought me here, and I'm seeing Liznet, I don't know what's gonna happen with her. I know that there's no medical doctor around. And we, in fact, we start learning and uh, uh, learning the fact that in, in Nia's Island is a, mi a million people, uh, population in that island, and there's one doctor per 33,000 people. So there's no doctor available for everybody. And the World Health Organization says there's one doctor per thousand people. And there's no doctor. So I'm like, Lord, what is happening? Why? So I prayed for her, came back to Lexington. I remember after that trip, debriefing from the trip and trying to learn, um, the Lord called, into, called me into the, his secret, my secret place, like go back to my bedroom and pray and just be alone with him. Um, and then he started revealing that there's no healthcare access and we should do something. And, and after that, a couple more times, and then he said, what is this dream buried alive in your heart? And I'm like, what? Like, I gave up on that a long time ago. What do you mean? And then I said, Lord, there's no way. I have a family, and I have a son, and I have a daughter on the way, and I have a ministry, and we have no, no, no. Like, it's impossible. There's no way. And I start seeking advice and mentors and pastors and people to pray for me and to understand. I was so afraid of changing path, but not changing path, but I'm learning that I'm acquiring a new tool for my toolbox to serve the Lord. And so a couple of years later, I got accepted in two medical schools in Rome, in the English program, and it's just amazing. And now, so I have been calling doctors, come with me, come, they would not listen. Come with me, let's go, let's go. And then now, because I'm a fourth year medical student, I call them and they listen. <laughs> so uh, I, we had just came back from a medical mission trip uh, with 14 people, with medical doctors, um, physical therapists, chiropractors, medical students, and baby Liznet passed a couple years later. But she became a mark, a symbol of what the Lord wanted to start in that mm. place. And we are here to serve him and to obey his command. So that's what he's doing through medical school now. Amen. Amen. And, you know, sometimes it's not a matter of God changing your path. It's God just, he's directing it the way he's always wanted it. You just didn't realize that that's where it was going. And what you need to understand is we oftentimes 
God puts this dream in our heart, and we think of all of the reasons why there is no way that we could do that. Lord, I've got two kids. I've got a family to support. I'm, I've been out of school for, for a number of years now. I can't, I can't, I can't. But what you need to understand is that if God's calling you to do something, it's not about what you can or cannot do because God can do anything. And if God's called you to do something, you just need to walk through those doors that he opens as he opens them, trusting him along the way. And I'm convinced, Matt, that God's going to use this new tool in your toolbox to allow you to reach many more people, unreached, unengaged people groups all around the world. We're excited about that. Well, Matt and Bettina, one of the things that really impresses me about both of you is how you've always seemed to live your life on mission, wherever you are. And I believe that God calls us to do that. So talk to us for a few minutes about that, living your life on missions. Yeah, so I think for both of us, as we started learning, you know, we gave our lives to Christ and we started learning what it meant to, you know, be a Christian, walk like a Christian, and, you know, hear that we should share our faith. For me, especially in the beginning, that was always very daunting because it took me a while to even understand how to read my Bible. So let alone how am I going to explain all of these things, you know, to someone um, but I remember one of the things that someone shared with me on one of my first mission trips was something that I adopted and started using later on, and especially in my work and wherever I was at. Um, and it was praying for God to give me an in. Um, so I knew I, I wanted to be faithful to share, like he, you know, he calls us to share wherever we are. And I learned this prayer um, that I would do, and I'll say, okay, Lord. Like, I want to I wanna do what you're asking me to do, but you're going to have to make them ask me a question because I don't, I don't know where to start. I don't know how to do that, like, first question in person. Um, and so I'm like, I will share whatever you want me to share, but they have to ask me a question first. And he always made it happen. <laughs> and I started realizing, I was like, I gotta be careful when I start praying this because um, I'm gonna find myself in all sorts of situations. But every single time I've had just such, you know, random seeming questions come up from people that I've worked with or, you know, been, been with at the vet clinic, wherever it was. And I would know, I'm like, oh, this is it. This is my end. Okay, this is where I can share. And so um, definitely that's a prayer I recommend, you know, trying because it's, it's, it's a good one. Um, and as I was reflecting a little bit on that, um, even just this morning, the Lord, you know, pressed on my heart the fact that I moved here when I was six. And um, the first time I really started hearing about Jesus was, you know, when that friend of mine invited me to FCA in high school. And that was eight years Eight years that I lived in the Bible Belt in Georgia, um, surrounded by churches around me, but no one sharing with me. Um, and so I think that we get really used to here, especially like when we live, you know, in places where there's a church on every corner, and we just assume that, oh, everybody knows. Like, everybody knows who Jesus is, and no one's really interested in hearing. But that's not the truth. 
Um, and, and so there may be someone right down the street from you. There may be someone in your class, in your high school, wherever you're at, who genuinely has not heard about him uh, for whatever reason. And especially now that we're such a global you know, world that there's people moving in from all places of the world here in South Carolina. So don't let this year go by without sharing him. Hmm. Like, don't don't let this year, you don't have to wait eight years. You know, don't let someone who needs to hear him have to wait so long um, because you might have the ability of being that person who will either spark that interest or, you know, plant a seed and be someone that can change their lives. So I really wanted to encourage y'all with that this morning. So a life in, in mission, living a life in, on missions means being intentional, being genuine, caring about people. Casey, my friend, that is still a friend until this day, she, after a few years when she got married, they decided they want to go to, to the mission field and they came back to talk to me to help them to go to the mission work. How amazing is that? Amen. Full circle. Full circle. I want us to pray for Matt and Bettina right now. It's a church family. I want you to reach up here. Symbolically laying hands on them and let's pray. Father God Almighty, I thank you for what you have done, you are doing, and you are going to continue to do in the lives of Matt and Bettina. Father God, you who have begun a good work in them will carry it through to completion. We know this. I pray that you will be with them as they go through this season where Matt is completing medical school. I pray, Father, that you'll continue to open up doors of opportunity for them to live life on mission there in Rome as they do mission trips all around the world. Father God, I pray that you will bless their ministry. Lord, I pray that it will grow and flourish so that many, many unreached, unengaged people groups around the world will come to know you and love you and be around the throne because of world nations. Father God, give them courage, give them boldness, give them wisdom, I pray in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. amen. Let's give God a hand. I want you to think about something that Bettina said. She was in an unchurched family, moved to the Bible Belt when she was six, and for eight years, eight years, no one ever talked to her about Jesus. So just think for just a moment. Who is there in your neighborhood, your community, your school, the plant that you work at, sits in the cubicle beside you in an office, wherever it may be, who is it that, that has never heard about Jesus? And God's planted you right beside them to tell them. 
and you haven't told them yet. You see, God has called each and every one of us to live our life on mission. That's why you're here if you're a Christ follower. I mean, this world, it pales in comparison to the presence of God. And so there's got to be a reason that God leaves us here once we come to know him. And the reason is because there's work for us to do. That work is to tell our friends, our neighbors, our co-workers, our schoolmates about Jesus, to open the door. And who but knows? We begin to live our life on mission and perhaps God is going to raise up a Matt or a Bettina who's going to answer the call serve God somewhere else all around the world so if you're a Christ follower here today I want you to hear me God's called you to live your life on mission and anything less than that is living in disobedience because that's what God's called us to do so Christ follower are you living your life on mission? Are you sharing your faith? If you're a follower of Jesus, that's why you're here today. Because God wanted you to hear, I need to be on mission every day. Now, if you're here today and you, you've never truly surrendered your life to Jesus, you don't have a... A relationship with him he hasn't changed your life like he changed Matt and Bettina's life like he's changed my life the reason you're here is because God loves you more than you'll ever know and he longs to have a relationship with you and God orchestrated the events of your life so that you would be here this morning so that you would have the opportunity to give your life to him and I beg you don't let that opportunity slip you by you were created by God for God you were created to have a relationship with the only way you can do that is through his son Jesus so if you've never given your life to Jesus today just a moment as we stand and our team leads us in a song swallow your pride humble yourself ask for the courage to step out of your seat come forward take one of our pastors by the hand and say hey I, I need to give my life to Jesus today don't let anything keep you from that. But if you're a follower of Jesus, I want to encourage you to come and get to this altar as soon as we stand and make a commitment to begin to live your life on mission each and every day because that's why you're here. Father God, this is your time. And my prayer is simply that your will will be done in each and every one of our lives. Lord, don't let anyone leave here without being obedient to what you're calling them to do, I pray. 